0: The Color. Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast, hosted by Brian and Bucks. This episode is actually an international debut, as Brian is traveling on holiday. He is in Cabo for a buddy's bachelor party, and I am
1: back home in sweet Brooklyn. How are we doing, Brian? Bucks, this is a chinterna- Chinternational podcast we have going on right now. We're, we're from sea to shining sea. I got a couple of drinks in hand right now. We're at an all-inclusive. It's uh, it's a good time, but the show must go on, and here I am to help pod. And we got some interesting wild card talk in this episode.
0: Yeah, that's a quick preview, and bearing the lead of what's to come, I am on my second wild card. I have smashed the bonus power up chip uh, going into game oh, yeah. twenty four. But uh, we have a lot to cover before then. So on this episode, we are going to recap the never ending double game week twenty three. We're going to review our team's performances, highlight the top manager from this pretty disappointing game week. Then we are going to look ahead to the best and worst performances and turn it over to start looking towards the future. There are midweek matches for game week 24. The deadline and the matches come within 48 hours from now on Tuesday. So make sure to set your bus team and get your tinkers going as soon as possible. Ready to dive in, Brian? Let's put game week 23 to rest, Bucks. How did you do? I did shit. Uh, Excuse the PG-13 rating. We're throwing that out (laughs) the window in the first couple minutes. I ended up with a total score of 31 points and a 12K red arrow down to 171,000 in the world. Uh, Pretty brutal. Uh, The average this game week was 35 points for reference. So uh, I missed that by a full hit. I was saved by Tony Rudiger, who had seven points. Ben Foster came back from COVID absence and ends up with a clean sheet for six points. And Jota gets an assist for five points. Everywhere else on my team was just total blank over blank over blank. And it was made worse by the fact that Emmanuel Denis, my boy, who I've been championing in all season, I give him the captain's armband for the double game week for Watford. And he earns a red card in the first match. So he ends up with minus two, no chance to even look forward to the second match against Burnley, which also was pretty
1: disappointing. But uh, so wasn't wasn't great. wasn't great for me. Yeah, Bucks. I mean, to be honest, only netting a 12K red arrow when Dennis gets minus two, like this literally might be the captaincy that you ever have playing FPL. It is very rare to get negative points with your captain, given that they double it up. So this this is definitely, a, I would say, a decent result, given the circumstances. And this menace, you gave him the captain's man a couple of times this season, and he's been uh, throwing up some blanks. So it'll be interesting to see if he makes the cut in your cutthroat wildcard coming up.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I hope that uh, your words ring true, and a minus two will be the worst I ever do on captaincy. But uh, Dennis had been performing for me, and I brought him in. I, I got on the bandwagon on the early side. So he has returned for me more so than Josh King. But now that I have both of those guys and they both kind of all, – all the Watford players really failed to make an imprint. Uh, it's just pushing me to hit the wild card chip early. Let's move on. Brian, you were slightly on the better side of the results this
1: game week. How would you turn out? Hey, it's the good and the bad, of Bucks. It's, you know, the bold and the beautiful. We'll call you uh, bold. I'll be the beautiful one, but I that end up with se- that a... seems to that
0: seems to reflect uh, reality. I would say.
1: <laughs> All right, so I netted 39 points and I got a 10k green arrow. So was very pleased with this, given that it was just a down game weekend in my bracket around the top 100k. A lot of people captain Dennis. I did not have him in my team. I captain Josh King. He doesn't do squiddly bleep, but. He did get six points, which is an eight-point swing versus the captains of Dennis. So you, that was huge for me. And elsewhere on my team, oh, Laporte comes in with 10 points. He adds another attacking um, mark to la, his la, la, season. La, 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 la,
0: Laporte, baby.
1: Yeah, puts in a header off of the great cross from KDB, and he nets 10 points. And that was the big differential for me this week. Over the last three weeks when I brought him in, he's totaled 23 points. So. When I'm looking at the teams around me that might have Bilva or KDB, uh, Foden, obviously, it's great for me that I have my 5.5 million defender outscoring those guys. So definitely a a big shining moment for me this week. Elsewhere on the team, pretty straightforward. Foster comes in for six points. And Josh King, again, six points to my captain. Everybody else blanks, but it was good enough to get me a, a green arrow. And that's all I care about.
0: Yeah, and congratulations to you. You're now within the top 100K managers uh, at 90,000 overall. And also double congratulations. You're now up to third place in the FPL Blues Podcast Super League. There's been a shakeup up top. Amar is still holding down the top position in first place. Maya Tonneson and Brian both leapfrogged Corey Cummings this game week. So now they sit second and third respectively. I'm down in sixth place, so I'm not quite out of it, but uh, things are looking a little bleak at this point in time.
1: Look, we both have all of our chips left, so there's a lot of room to be made in your mini leagues and the FPL Blues podcast Super League, so I'm still optimistic, and I think right now I'm readjusting my targets for what I'd like to achieve this season, and now I'm I'm firmly eyeing a top 25K finish. I think I have a good pulse of where the season is going, and with all my chips in hand, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, continue to make a few of the right moves. And with all these double game weeks coming up, Bucks team selection, captaincy, a lot more differential potential. We'll have all the guys back from AFCON. Harry Kane is starting to round into form a little bit. There are more options for the captaincy. And I think that's where we'll see a lot of movement uh, across that field landscape.
0: Speaking of captaincy, we should move on to highlight the manager of the game week and the top scoring team for double game week 23 goes to manager Daniel Wallace. His side forest Oak score 66 points. The real key to Daniel's success this game week was captaining the right player. And that was KDB. He ends up with eight points. Brian mentioned he had an assist and bonus. So he gets eight. So that's doubled to 16 points. I mean, when you look at my minus two, uh, that's a pretty (laughs) steep Delta between uh, of 18 points. So that's, that's half my team's points. And uh, that's how much Daniel's captain beat mine uh, just in isolation. He also had Laporte, who added 10 Ramsdale and Ben white each contribute eight. Ivan Tony goes for seven and Neil Maupay add five. So massive kudos to Daniel Wallace. I think this is his second manager of the game week for the season. So uh, big up to you, Dan
1: on your success in game week 23. And very impressive having a few differentials in his side with Maupay and Ivan Tony getting 12 points. Um, in a very low-scoring game week from two mid-price forwards that have been out of favor is is very impressive. And KDB, we're going to talk about him later in the pod, but he's rounding into form, playing a lot of minutes. Great captain shout for the next couple of game weeks as well.
0: All right, before Brian's uh, tequila and beer start really uh, making an impact on this podcast, let's take our first break.
1: All right, I'm in the Mexican and sunshine so let's talk about some of the flippers and the floppers of game week 23 should we start with the floppers it's really going to one person maybe a few other players let's start there bucks and then we'll talk about some of the top scorers elsewhere shame
0: shame shame (laughs) to you emmanuel denny you are the clear standout flopper for double game week 23 the two yellows contributing to a red card to then miss the second match I mean, hugely underwhelming. And I think just in general, Watford, uh, pretty disappointing to not come out of this double game week with more than just a point. Um, That's really frustrating. I mean, Norwich and Burnley, these are teams that you need to get results against in a relegation battle, and they failed to do so. And so, yeah, Denis really disappoints, but I don't think... Many of his Watford teammates escape blame. Uh, King didn't look very impressive. Uh, Bachman looked terrible against Norwich. I mean, pretty much every single player other than Ben Foster, the cycling goalkeeper, are in the poo-poo platter category this game week. Would you agree, Brian?
1: Like we've been saying the last few pods, we were just seeing some underwhelming performances in these double game weeks, and there are going to be players that you can fill who have single game weeks that are better long-term picks. And might deliver more value. So I know Bucks, one of the reasons that you're looking at triggering your wild card is you had both King and Dennis. And then all of a sudden you're straddled with two players that you would really not like to carry on for more than this game week. So that kind of that gamble kind of backfired. I understand for a future double game weeks when you're doubling up on those top, you know, six to eight teams who have a little bit more pedigree and you know the game flow in which they're going to deliver FPL points. Watford continued to disappoint. They've obviously been huge in the FPL game thus far from their cheap assets. But I think it's another case in point where we want to hopefully not fall into a trap of mid-price assets on bad teams. We could have one of them in our team, but having multiple is really causing trouble. You know, a lot of people doubled up on Everton, for example, earlier when they had their double game, which then got canceled. And then Watford disappointed. So I think moving forward, managers should try and have a little bit more balance. And those single-game-week players can really deliver. So, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about the good, though, of this game weekend. That actually goes to none other than Burnley. Wow, Nick Pope, 19 points with two clean sheets and five total bonus. He had, I think, five or six saves as well, and he has a huge score. He's an a, a out-of-form keeper because Burnley have been so porous in their back line this year, but he does have the pedigree of seasons pass of being the golden glove premier league keeper. So nice to see him come back in with a great haul this double game week.
0: Yeah. On the flip side from Watford, Burnley, are a team that really showed up when they needed to, they haven't played a lot of matches compared to the other teams in the premier league, but in this double game week that they had, they got two draws and two clean sheets. So absolutely massive. I mean, against Arsenal, they were definitely the underdog in a very serious manner. I did not expect them to get any results. And then, you know, they were probably the better side against Watford in the second match, but I think that was a deserved 0-0. They didn't really have any big chances on goal and neither did Watford. So that was the right result. Fun fact from Burnley, if you're going to look in the kings of the match week on official FPL site, all five of their starting defensive players Nick Pope and all four of their backline defenders are featured because each of them got two clean sheets and uh, pretty impressive Tarkowski gets 14 Peters Roberts and me each get a dozen. So if you had a double up on Burnley def- defense in double game week 23, you just beat my whole team score with two players. So uh, way to be bold. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I think this also is a good case in point bucks when we're looking about potentially gambling on Burnley assets when they have three more fixtures to make up the rest of the season. It might be worth getting in a cheap defender at that 5 million to 4.5, kind of in that bracket that could, you know, return dividends. So I think it kind of instilled a little bit more FPL relevancy into their entire team uh, moving forward, which is a nice option to have if we want to go that way.
0: For sure. And and I think Two other players, we already mentioned them, but KDB and Laporte. Uh, Laporte is just, we should take a moment and really give him credit. He has been an absolute smashing differential for you in the last two months or eight game weeks. I think he's only failed to get a return once in that span. And he's not very highly owned and he's definitely affordable. I mean, I'm moving off Tony Rudiger in my wildcard, but there are a lot of other FPL managers who have Chelsea assets like Alonso that still need to make way as they have a blank game weeks coming up. And I think Laporte is a natural option. City look like they are clearly the best defense in the Premier League and they are stifling uh, other clubs. And at this point, they're just running away with the
1: Premier League title. Laporte has three goals and two assists on the season. He's made about 18 or 19 appearances. So Pep really likes having a left-footed center back paired next to Diaz, And I think that's really been why he's had FPL relevancy. So uh, even in a couple of these matches where they've uh, you know, given up a goal, he's come away with a cheeky assist or a goal. So definitely good good to see. And I'm, I'm excited that I have him for Brentford coming up and then the, another easy fixture after that, which I believe is Norwich.
0: Yeah. They have uh, some great short-term fixtures. Also worth mentioning that John stones who had a spectacular euros has really been cast to the bench and he's, he's warming that bench very consistently because Laporte is taking all of his minutes. So, uh, pretty impressive for the Frenchman. Let's move ahead to preview dub. Excuse me. Let's, let's move ahead to preview blank game week 24 and The reason it's important to mention that it's a blank midweek match lineup is because Brighton and Chelsea will not have any fixture for game week 24. And that's really important when you look at planning because there are a crush of double game weeks coming up, but there's also going to be a pileup of blank game weeks coming down the pipeline
1: for FPL managers to navigate. So Bucks, when we look at some of the other matches, Coming up here, some interesting ones to attack from an FPL perspective. Brentford play at Manchester City. West Ham play Watford. These are some really good opportunities for captaincy shouts. And then we're also going to see a broken down Leicester defense who lost in FA Cup to Nottingham Forest. Very very naughty those guys, and they're <laughs> going to play. Uh, they're going to play Liverpool. And I'm definitely thinking about having more of their assets preparing for double game week 26. So I expect Leicester to continue to give up goals. And then we also have Manchester United versus Burnley, Villa versus Leeds, Crystal Palace at Norwich. This is going to be a high scoring game week. I'm really excited to see the goals flow and have just a nice standard double or single game week where we really have options across the board and don't have a last minute, you know, move to make. On the deadline, this is a time in FPL where we're actually going to hopefully with the new rules that have been in place for the cancellation policy in the Premier League, we're going to actually be able to plan and move forward a little bit, which is crucial for you being on wildcard.
0: Yeah, exactly. Really, this is an interesting game week because I think there's so many one-sided fixtures. I would say outside of Arsenal Wolves, pretty much all eight of the matches are tilted heavily favoriting. One side over the other. I mean, I would say the most even match is maybe Leeds at Villa or Newcastle versus Everton. And, you know, those in on their day, Villa is much better than Leeds. And you would expect Everton to be better than Newcastle. So uh, there's going to be a lot of FPL points potentially on the table and up in the air for FPL managers to uh, capture in their squads. All right, Bucks,
1: let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back with your. Game week twenty four wild card, your second wild card bucks. We're very excited to break it down. I'm looking forward to nitpicking a little bit on a few of these slots after I saw a preview, but we'll give the people the audio version of this coming up next.
0: And we're back. All right, Brian, the moment is here. I have smashed my second wild card power up chip, and oh, so bucks.
1: I- Fucks, fucks. How does I'm it feel? Getting I'm, into so, it. I'm so excited for you. I know you've had a, a little bit of a slide as of late, making a lot of uh you know double moves, trying to bring in the right players, but been foiled by captaincy, just a little unlucky from COVID. So I think this is a good point to reset your team, attack these double game weeks, and let's get into it. I'm I'm pumped.
0: Exactly. So for context, I am resetting my team because in the last 10 game weeks since game week 14. I have two green arrows and a massive eight red arrows, including three red arrows in a row. And my team has... Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that is not good. And uh, I do have 104.7 million in the bank. So uh, I am able to take advantage of some early backing of players that have risen in value. Um, So I just think I can build a nice squad to prepare and potentially avoid... Um, using my free hit chip um, in a couple of game weeks. So that's what I'm going for. For context, my team is going to be a
1: 3-5-2 for the most part, starting in game week 24. I think Bucks, just thinking about formation, we've seen so much churn in trying to find the right budget striker. And meanwhile, we're seeing a lot of midfielders start to round into their own. And there's so many good options to even play a four-four-two. And I think this is a, a season where we should remove funds from the frontline attackers and really focus on defenders and midfielders. So I like that switch for you heading into wildcard two. Appreciate that.
0: Okay, let's get started. My starting goalkeeper is gonna stay as is. I'm going to leave David De Gea in he is has a double game week in game week 25 and plays Burnley this game week. So I just think in his next four game weeks he has five matches. And they're against Burnley, Southampton, Brighton, Leeds, and Watford. So I long-term would prefer to have Ramsdale over DDG. However, I just think that it's not worth making the switch considering that Arsenal have two blanks in the next five game weeks. So that's my thinking. They're the same price. So if I'm smart with my transfers, I might be able to make that swap out uh, in a couple game weeks' time.
1: Arsenal have a lot of double game weeks later in the season. So that makes a lot of sense. Not ha- having Ramsdale for their blanks in game week 25 and 27 is it's a tough one. So it makes sense to go with DDG and worry about a keeper switch down the line. I exactly. like it. Let's, let's move on.
0: Exactly. Plowing forward defense, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold and Jal cancelo are not going anywhere. They are absolute season keepers for me. And pretty much I have both of these players to thank for uh, much of my increase in team value. Uh, I saw TAA is now actually up to 8.5 million. He started at 7.5, so uh, huge. He's like uh, Amazon stock if you got in early. My other player that's going to earn a start and he's a new addition is Lucas Dean. He comes in at 5.1 million. He's gonna take Rudiger's place for now. it's moving down the scale a little bit. And I like that he has really consistent, easy fixtures for the next eight or so game weeks. And I was really thinking of fitting in Andy Robertson here. It just becomes a little too unbalanced across my whole squad. So TAA, Cancelo, Dean are going to be my backline going into game week 24.
1: Yeah, Dean is obviously rounding into form at Villa, Maddie Cash. On the other side, they're just going to be, have a a big up uptick in the next you know dozen game weeks. So I like that pick for now, and you can always move him to a you know around a five point five million defender pretty easily. Chelsea defenders will come into our thoughts once again around game week twenty eight, and so that's a good slot to have there. I personally love big at the back. You you've known that for a while, Bucks. I love the fullbacks and some of the consistency we get with the attacking uh, center backs. So. Bucks, I think it's an interesting proposition to really weigh up if you want to go Rabo or Jota at this point. You could go Rabo and save $1.3 or so in the bank. And at your rank, when you're trying to really catch up to managers ahead of you, the differential is Rabo at this point, right? So Jota is obviously capable of scoring and getting points in a Liverpool attack. But when you look at the managers ahead of them, 40% owned in the FPL game, I just think that Rabo might be the, the better differential to go for, but obviously up to you. And there are lots of other midfielders that you could also slot in instead of Jota. So just something to think about as you continue to tinker.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, that, and that's something that was very much front of mind for me as we'll cover later. Uh, so moving ahead, my midfield is Jota, as you mentioned, Foden and Bowen right now, the trio of these midfield kind of mid price midfielders, they're all keeping their spots They've increased in value and I see no reason to transfer them out um, at this point in time. KDB is the big one. He's coming in for Bernardo Silva and he's at 12.2 million and he's going to be the captain's armband. He's going to be my captain for game week 24, potentially even game week 25, depending on how I use my transfers and he's really just acting as a long-term placeholder for Mosala who will absolutely be coming into my team and getting a triple captain armband for double game week 26 for Liverpool.
1: Absolutely love the KDB shout. This is a huge opportunity for you to gain on your mini league rivals. KDB is, he's in the form where if he gets an assist or a goal, he's going to be on minimum two bonus points. And that's huge when you're looking at him as a captaincy option, especially with Salah playing like, you know, 400 minutes in the last like, month at AFCON, maybe even more than that. And so he's definitely a great differential for you moving forward and a great captaincy shout. I can see him having a goal and assist, especially when they play Norwich. Oof, That looks like a really tasty matchup for, for you and for the other owners of KDB.
0: Yeah. So really just a peek behind the mirror, the KDB transfer for Bernardo and kind of resetting my midfield was the reason I decided to wildcard. I also, as you mentioned, I have the triple up on Watford that I need to solve. So, just in isolation, those moves and wanting to just kind of rehash how my team is set up. Uh, my fifth midfielder and a player that I actually I'm really high on is Jacob Ramsey from Villa. He's 4.6 million. He's going to be my fifth midfield option. Eventually, I would rather have Martinelli for slightly more funds at 5.4 million, but I can't swing it and sacrifice having a playing option for game week 25 and 27 when arsenal blank so again arsenal are in my thoughts even though they don't have any players currently in my wild card squad so ramsey 4.6 million he's going to start when the matches uh make sense and he's going to be a good first or second bench option when they don't
1: all right bucks let's go to the forward line you said you're going to have two main players up top who are they
0: Okay, so first and foremost, I'm going to keep Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, That was pretty much one of the biggest decisions I had to make on my wildcard draft. And alongside him, I'm going to bring back a player who burned me on my first wildcard, but I'm putting my faith in him because of good fixtures and good run of form. And that's Udson Eduard. He's at 6.5 million for. Crystal Palace. And he's actually the top point scorer in the last five game weeks with 30 total. Um, so he's really looking the part. He's looking great on the advanced stats and he's also just taking his chances and starting more uh, for Palace uh, now that he's more integrated into the team. And I think Vieira really likes what he offers um, to the Palace attack. So he's going to be my second striker and that's really Ronaldo is the big spot where my whole wild card comes down to what to do with Cristiano, because I could even go slightly cheaper to Kane. The issue is the fixtures just are not anywhere close to as compelling. Um, that would save me almost half a million, or I could go all the way down to a player like Antonio. He has great fixtures, you know, not a lot to be rescheduled. And then I could up a player like Foden or, even Ramsey, all the way up to, you know, uh, a mid-priced or, or semi-premium midfield option. So that's where I'm at right now. And just to give some background to my team structure, my bench is Foster, Eight Nori, Broja, and Lamptey. So the total cost for my wildcard team is $103.6 million, And I'm leaving just over a million in the bank uh, for future transfer moves. So the reason I picked this team, and I know, Brian, you have a lot of critiques that are coming. I can see it anxiously on your face. But uh, (laughs) I like this team because in double game week 25, I will have three players. In double game week 26, with one transfer to bring in Salah, I will have six players. And then in blank game week 27, I won't have to use my free hit, and I'll just be able to bench the Liverpool players. Uh, and make other adjustments so I really like that this gives me flexibility for the next couple game weeks and allows me to use my wild card today in order to save my free hit in game week 27 so um, that's some of the thinking behind why my team looks this way and uh, yeah Brian interested to hear uh, how you think I can make it better
1: look Bucks I only have a few bones to pick with you but they are big Tyrannosaurus Rex type of bones and that starts with Cristiano Ronaldo this guy has resembled no sign of form. He missed a PK in their loss to whoever they played in the FA cup.
0: Middlesbrough,
1: the, the sure. Titan, Doesn't the Titan matter.
0: of the, of the championship.
1: He just turned 37 years old. We've had him for you and I have both been on him for a couple of weeks. And even though their fixtures are great, he's got six total points in four matches And you're going to pay 12.5 for this type of player. I just think that this is another opportunity for you to be bold and go with somebody like Bruno as a placeholder to then kind of maybe get sun or have another like hard hitting midfielder. I just think at your rank, having Ronaldo is, is it's a shield, but it's not going to help you make up a lot of ground. So that would be my biggest bone to pick with that. I think, I have him in my team, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And it, it's it's one of those things that I'm going to hold on to him because he has double game week 25. But if I was on wild card, he would be nowhere near my team. He's he's garbage. He's he's right now is not worth – he's worth $6 in FPL. I, I, I'm just so underwhelmed. So I know the Cerve- Cervezas might be talking bucks, but I just think that you have the opportunity to go and be even more differential in your midfield who seem to be playing all the minutes – Delivering assists and goals. And so with that those funds, especially if you're like not gonna have Kane for double game week 26, that, that's the only reason I would keep Ronaldo in your team is if you're gonna go to Kane. Even though Kane's fixtures are bad, he actually he at least looks like he's alive again. Yeah, he looks he's, good. He's risen, he's risen from the dead, he's shooting, you know, outside the box with confidence. Sun is gonna be back. They have some new players. Conte's world class manager. This Ragnik guy, he doesn't know what to do with Ronaldo. The rest of the team doesn't know what to do with Ronaldo. So that's just my rant there. So I think it's just way too much money to pay. And so when I look at your team, you know, if you could take Ronaldo out and go to Antonio, old trusty, going to trickle in five to eight points in a lot of these easy matches, you have so much money that you could, you know, invest elsewhere in your squad.
0: Yeah, I rate it. I, the, The only reason right now that I've convinced myself to keep Ronaldo is because I don't want to be hokey-cokeying from KDB to Bruno, then to Salah. I think it's important that after this, I try and save or roll a transfer. So I was thinking that I would be able to have KDB playing Norwich, not as my captain, Ronaldo as my captain for the double, and kind of avoid needing to make a senseless hit. But I understand what you're saying. He is just absolutely not in form. And at 37, he's not a player that is commanding this kind of price. I think my thinking is eventually I want him to be Kane or dare I say Lukaku when Chelsea eventually play (laughs) some easier teams. But I think that's more of a bet on pedigree rather than it is a bet on what we're actually seeing and witnessing this Premier League season. Um, So yeah, just to... Just to kind of jump ahead, the big decisions for me on my wildcard were, as you mentioned, the triple up on Liverpool is a must. So it was really Jota versus Rabo. The second was Foden, that kind of fifth and, and for me, kind of fourth mid-price or premium midfield option. And then lastly, it's kind of what to do up front to Ronaldo, to not to Ronaldo, to kind of forego having a premium slot up front entirely. So you really nailed it on that. And uh, yeah, so, you know, there should be some changes and tinkers between now and the deadline on Tuesday, which is part of the beauty of being on wildcard. But I really like the balance of a team with one premium striker. And so I'll probably be flip-flopping between Ronaldo and Kane uh,
1: at least four or five times
0: between now and the deadline.
1: Yeah. Interesting position to be in Bucks. I think the only other thing I want to bring up was having no Arsenal coverage at all. They have some cheap assets that could easily slot into your team. And if you're not going to use transfers to bring any of them in, are you a little bit worried that you're in a position where you might only have six double game weekers, where some people will be wildcarding into a full team of double game weekers in 26 uh, what you know what are your thoughts there
0: it's a good point I mean I think that the triple captain for Salah is hopefully going to cover me there my issue with Arsenal is because I'm wild carding today I need to plan my team not just for the next 15 game weeks that remain in the season but also for the short term and if I have any Arsenal players those are short-term transfers or holes for game week, 25 and for 27. So it doesn't make sense to bring in any more than one of them. And like I said, the first choice would probably be Ramsdale, second choice, Martinelli, third choice, Ben White. But I just, I kind of need a full playing 15 to balance out this team. So I would say if I had to change and bring in one Arsenal player, probably I would take Ben White. He's easy to hide as my fifth defender. And uh, I could kind of adjust accordingly from there. I mean, it's a very easy move long-term to move off someone like Bowen or move off someone like Ramsey to a player like Martinelli. That's not a big swing.
1: Yeah, I think this is an easy swap for me. You can look, take out Lampty. We all love his pace, but he's not delivering FPL points. He could also be a rotation risk for minutes, given that he's still building up his fitness, et cetera. And at this point, we haven't seen him play a lot of back-to-back minutes. And when you look at somebody like Ben White, since game week 16, six points, six points, two, six, one, eight, you know, every other game he's putting up a six spot in a team in Arsenal that is very confident. Plus they're going to have what, three or four double game weeks to make up. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more upside.
0: That's the alert. That's the alert.
1: If you're going to take like that chance, take it on your 4.5 player, right? You don't, you don't have to invest more than that, but it gives you all of a sudden you have an extra doubler later on and You can take out. Let's say you could, if you want to take out Jota in the double after the double when they blank, I think that's also an option. So uh, that that would be my other just quick one to pick, and you could use one of your transfers heading into double or into blank game week twenty seven and set yourself up nicely.
0: Well, let's just dive into that before we look at your transfer plans and captaincy. One of the thoughts I had was forgo Jota and have Robertson, and then when we go into 27, uh, I would make I would kind of eat the move, I would maybe just play 10 players or, or make a sideways move, and then in tw- down the road in 28 I would bring in a Chelsea guy in, in defense or in attack. so that way I can kind of leapfrog thinking about short term and, and really look at the big picture.
1: I think at 175 k at this point, making a couple more calculated gambles like that could really Uh, reap wards. And when we're looking at Robbo, he's all the way up to eight assists. These are like some of the quietest eight assists you'll ever see in the premier league, but he's going to end up on 12 assists for the season, you know, at least right. Like he's, he's just rounding into form at the right time. And when everybody else has Jota, that frees up some funds in your midfield. And there are other midfielders that you could slot in Rafinha. Great option. I think there's just more choice in the midfield instead of Jota point Diaz coming up in, I think there's just choices that could be differentials for you, but again, this is your wild card, not mine, but I, I'm really bullish on, on Rabo, and they have some cupcake fixtures coming up that could really, um, you know, really see you get 12 to 18 points, the 24 points in your back line from your two defenders at Liverpool. I like that.
0: Yeah. I listen, I value your input and, uh, Listeners, fans of the FPL Blues podcast, I value your input as well. So be in touch with us. We're at FPL Blues podcast on social media. Let me know what you think. Give me a thumbs up if I should go Jota. Thumbs down if I should go Rabo. Uh, Interested (laughs) to see uh, where everyone shakes out. Brian, let's talk about you. We want to get you back to the bar. Uh, You have two free transfers this game week, and you were patient on one of your big midfield bets in Hyunmin Sun, who is now back fully fit and he looked really ready to go. And I expect he's going to be getting some or eager to get some returns against Southampton in the midweek fixtures. What are you thinking? What's your moves?
1: Oh, sitting on two free transfers has been a luxury. I've been tinkering a lot, just trying to set up my team for the upcoming double game week 26. I have David De Gea in goal and I have Ronaldo. And so those will be my double game week, 25 players. And right now with my strategy, I am going to be removing two players this game week and using both those free transfers. I'm taking out the non-playing Alonzo from Chelsea. And then I'm also going to upgrade Madison to Jota. And so I'm going to bring in eight Nori as my bench guy. And this is just, again, bringing in two doublers for game week, 26. I'm not going to use my free hit. In game week 26, I'm going to use my triple captain and therefore I need to start building as many doublers as possible. So I'm on schedule to have eight double uh, game week players and I feel like that's pretty good, especially when I'm going to use a triple captain on Salah. So that's where I'm looking at. And then I will have in total, I will have four non-playing players in the blank game week 27. So I'll either take a hit or just make one transfer and I'll have a pretty smooth looking team. So that's where I'm at. I have exact money to do this move. So it has to be on the money. If Jota would rise, I would be screwed. And then everything would go down the drain in terms of planning. So I just need to pay attention for the like first time in ages to price changes in the next couple of days. And looking forward to attacking the double with Jota. If I could fit Rabo in my team, I would like to do that. But given the structure of my team and not using my wildcard, I'm going to just move up to um, to Jota, and after this performance where we saw Leicester give up four goals in you know sixty minutes to a championship team, I think Liverpool want revenge. Let's also think about this: they lost zero to one to zero in the reverse fixture. So I'm very bullish on the uh, the Liverpool attack in this upcoming match. For sure, right, not Bucks. to ma-
0: not to mention they have Anfield. Uh, who's your captain, Brian, before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, captain is probably going to be Bowen uh, versus Watford.
0: Even nice. though Watford
1: just kept their first clean sheet of the season, Bowen came through in a big way in the FA Cup once again. He's just the guy that is at the center and the heart of everything that they're doing right now. We're seeing Antonio play a little bit more of a holdup position, and we're seeing Bowen, who is always full of energy, Uh, be in the right places. He's putting a few headers. He's doing things that a striker should do, frankly. And Mm -hmm. uh, their roles are kind of reversed. And I think he's just a a solid pick versus Watford. So that's where I'm going. But vice captain will be on Jota coming into my side too. So I think that's pretty much nailed for me. I'm starting Cancelo and Laporte in my back line. So I'm feeling bullish about them versus Brentford, but not strong enough to captain.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I I actually thought you might risk going uh Laporte captain he's been so money for you recently he's like uh he's on a heater
1: of uh epic proportion but the only thing that holds me back from that is i've seen Ivan Tony wipe out clean sheets for like goalies and like play like defenders that i've had like out of nowhere and i just for some reason i could see Live, or I could see Manchester city being up three zero and then he gets a 81st minute goal. And it, it, that that's tough. So I think I have some recency bias in the wrong direction um, to dissuade me from capturing Laporte.
0: All right. I think that wraps us up for this game week preview. Again, follow us on social media at FPL blues podcast. We're on Instagram where we're very active Twitter, where we're getting more active and if you are already in our mini-league, FPL Blues Podcast Super League, kudos to you. You're ahead of the curve. If not, get involved. We will be giving gifts out uh, as we enter into the back half of the season, and everyone's just trying to catch Amar. Uh, Brian's a little bit ahead of me, but I'm trying to catch Brian, and we're both trying to just uh, narrow the lead to our first place, Amar, and Turkish Kabak, who has been dominant for the last three or so months, so Thanks, Brian. I appreciate you taking time while you're at this bachelor party. Get back to the drinking, get back to the uh, debauchery and uh, we'll be in touch with another episode following Game Week 24.
1: Thanks, Bucks. I'm fired up. I'm excited you're on wildcard. I think you still have a few more tinkers. So I'm going to try and, uh, you know, in, in intercept into your, uh, your planning here. But thanks again for the pod and best of luck in Game Week 24.
0: Let's get some green arrows. Oh,